I grew up thinking that I wasn't very handy, which is probably true, but there was a reason for it. It wasn't because I didn't want to be handy. It was just that I never really had anybody to teach me how to be handy. My dad. My dad was awesome. He was one of the, I couldn't imagine having a better dad. My dad was always there for me when I needed to talk. I never had to worry about that. Uh, my dad taught me right from wrong. Uh, my dad taught me to be fiscally responsible, and most of the time I responded to that. Um, but what my dad did not teach me, he did not teach me about mechanics. He did not teach me carpentry. He did not teach me um, uh, plumbing and electrical stuff. Why? Because my dad didn't have a clue how to do it either, and he didn't really want to know. He, didn't, he grew up on the farm, and, and he had many opportunities to learn about all that kind of stuff, but he wasn't interested. He'd try, and he'd just get frustrated, and he says, I, I don't want to do it. I, on the other hand, kind of always felt like I did. I just didn't know where to start. So what would I do? I'd just start. I'd find a project that I wanted to work on, and I'd jump in, and who wants to take a guess what happened nine out of ten times? I'd end up breaking things. Now, most people would have been smart enough to stop then, right? Because most people are smart enough to try to avoid brokenness, but not me. Because I realized something almost from the beginning. I realized that there was a lesson to be learned in the brokenness. Sometimes it was an expensive lesson. Sometimes it was a painful lesson. But they were lessons that I would never have learned had it not been for the fact of the brokenness. What would you say if I told you that even though it's a natural thing for us as human beings to want to avoid brokenness in our lives, what if I were to tell you that, this, that brokenness sometimes has a purpose? That sometimes brokenness is actually what you need in order to achieve. Would you believe me? Well, this morning, as you know, we've been talking, we were starting this journey, and it's a journey to discover how to unlock the power of prayer. And what I want to do this morning is kind of reveal to you, if you're willing, um, the role that brokenness plays in unlocking the power of prayer. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and open them up to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. And as you're doing that, I'll give you just a little bit of history as I try to do every week about the passage that we're going to be looking at. First of all, can anybody tell me what the word Deuteronomy means? Anybody know? It, it, just that it's, it's hard to pronounce. Do you know, Randy? It means the second law or two law, right? Now, there's a reason for that. And I'm not going to go into a lot of what the reason, what, why they used, why they named Deuteronomy, this, what they did as the second law. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I'm going to make a proposal this morning that we change the name of Deuteronomy. Do you think we can get away with that? Because in all actuality, I think a better name for the book of Deuteronomy would be uh, Moses' farewell address. Now, that's probably a little too long. Deuteronomy, still as hard as that is, is probably easier than Moses' farewell address. Um, but that's what it was. You see, basically what we've got here in Deuteronomy is Moses uh, giving the people of God one last sermon, his last address. See, they had been traveling around for 40 years. They had been wandering around for 40 years in the desert. 
And they were just about to move into the promised land. And Moses wasn't going to get to go with them, which is a whole other sermon. We'll talk about that some other day, perhaps. But Moses wasn't going to get to go with them into the promised land, so he pre- prepares this final uh, farewell address for them. And in this address, he has two purposes. The first one is to remind them of where they've been, to remind them of what God has done in their lives and is doing in their lives, and then to give them a gift that will help them to establish their new society in the promised land. That's what the second law part means, right? Because what he did is, in the second part of Deuteronomy, he's giving them some societal structures. He's given them some things that they need to implement as they begin to build their kingdom, the second law. So they had the, the, the um, um, Ten Commandments, the first law, and then he gives them the rest of the stuff that they can use to help build their society as they go into the promised land. It's not that that I want us to focus on today. I want us to focus on the things that he wanted them to remember. For example, one of the things that that Moses wanted the people of God, the Israelites, to remember was that God had made a covenant with them, a promise. And basically the promise was this. He told them over and over again, Sometimes they were listening, sometimes they weren't. He told them over and over again that I will always be there for you. I will never abandon you. It may feel to you sometimes that I am not there or that I've abandoned you, but don't believe it. I am always there. I promise that I will always be there and I will never abandon you. You can count on that. That's one thing that will never go away. Now, as the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, they actually began to wonder about all of that. Because even though God continued to, in, in some kind of cool ways to show them that He was there and that He had not abandoned them, things like, I'm going to give you bread from heaven, literally, right? Or I'm going to give you, you're tired of bread, I'm going to give you some quail, right? And then, oh, if you need some water, I'll just have Moses hit a rock and the water will come forth. All, all throughout that time of wandering, God was showing them that He was there to provide all that they needed. But in the midst of their wandering, they began to wonder why. Why 40 years? I mean, that's a little uh, ridiculous, isn't it? Why all these stumbling blocks, Tom? Why all these roadblocks? Why I, I'm frustrated. Why, why wouldn't God just clear the way for us? So that we can get to the promised land. Well, what God wanted them to hear through Moses was that he had made this covenant with them, right? That I'll never abandon you, I'll never leave you. But you need to understand, um, you can make whatever decision you want as a response to it. You can say, "Um, I'm coming with you. Or you can say, nah, I'll do what I want. Well, that was the problem. They hadn't decided yet what they wanted. And that's why Moses says in Deuteronomy 4.29 this. He says, folks, listen to me. You need to hear what I'm saying. If you seek the Lord, He shall be found. Remember, I made that covenant with you. 
I'm going to be there. I'm never going to bow. If you seek after me, I will be found. But then there's, he says this, if. Seek the Lord and he shall be found if you seek after him with all your heart and soul. What's that mean? I know that he's going to be there. He's promised me that. He will not abandon me. He's always going to be there. And I can find him. I can have, I can be with him if I seek after him with all my heart and soul. What was he talking about? What does it mean to seek after him with all your heart and soul? Well, basically what he was trying to say is this isn't a game. I'm going to give you an image of what was happening. God had said, he was saying through Moses, he was saying, come follow me, I've got this promise for you. We've got something awesome that we're going to accomplish. Come on, let's go. And the people of Israel said, all right, let's go. All the while, they crossed their fingers, put them behind their back, and going, yeah, I'll go. Well, but but then you know, there's probably, I'm a human, there's going to be times when I don't want to. So I'm going to do it. But yeah, I'm going. God was saying to them here in Deuteronomy 4.29, this isn't a game. And if you try to make it into a game, you need to understand, I ain't playing. You can go and do whatever you want to do because you're free. You can can make whatever decisions that you want to make because you're free. But don't you for a second think that there aren't consequences to the decisions you make, both good and bad. God would have wandered in the wilderness for them, with them for 150 years, if that's how long it took, because he had made a covenant, right? I will never abandon you. I will never leave you. But we will keep wandering until you get it, until you're all in. So what does it mean to be all in? Well, that means you take your hand out from behind your back. You say, okay, I'm going to do this. I know it's not a game. I'm going to make the choice to be all in. I'm going to make the choice to follow even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to make the choice to trust you, even when I don't get it. I'm going to make the choice, even though this is one of the hardest things that I have ever had to do, is I'm going to make the choice not to be self-absorbed and self-centered. But instead, I'm going to be God-centered. Basically, what he was saying there is, what it means to be all in means you need to be broken. You need to break that natural inclination that every human being has to be self-centered and self-absorbed and choose to trust in God as your Lord. Seek the Lord and He shall be found if You seek Him with all of your heart and soul. you got to be broken. 
He will always be there. But experiencing Him, um, experience the leading and the power of God in your life only can be unlocked when you're broken. If you've uh, started reading the book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, for those of you that follow us online, I just want you to, we're, in, we're reading this book if you haven't ever seen it. It's called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, story of the, the um, Brooklyn Tabernacle. If you've started reading the book, you'll know that towards the beginning, there's a very interesting story in that book. Um, and the story kind of begins like this. The, the church has felt the anointing of God. They've been, they have known that God is with them and that God has been blessing them. They uh, have grown from this little teeny church that basically was made up of drug addicts, pimps, and prostitutes, right? And they have begun to grow and they've begun to see the manifestations of God's power in their lives and it's awesome. And they make the decision because they're about to outgrow the facility that they're in that they, need to, that they need to start planning and strategizing for a bigger and better facility. And they needed it. So they get their people together and they start making their plans. They do their due diligence and, and they come to a place where they're ready to break ground for this new facility of theirs. And they're going to have this celebration, and they do this groundbreaking thing, and they get ready to go out there on the day that they're going to have their groundbreaking celebration. What happens? Anybody remember? Great big storm, right? Washes the whole thing out. And many of them, in the midst of the storm, were going, Lord, what's up? Don't you have the power to put this off? A few hours so we could have got this thing in. This is a big deal. This is one of, the, one of the most important days in the life of our church. And there's a storm. Where are you, God? Well, interestingly enough, God answers their prayer, their question at the prayer meeting that evening. And he says this, if you'll recall. He says, folks, it wasn't the ground that needed breaking. It was you. Mm. Little did they know. You see, here's the, here's the mistake that they made. Somebody might say, well, did, were, had they been sinful? I, I, don't think, I don't think there's any implication at all in the story that I read anyway that the plans and the due diligence that they were going through, nothing there that would suggest that they were being sinful. What they had done is that they had mistakenly presumed that God's desired result was their desired result. We do that all the time. Because as you continue to read the story, what do you find out? Because of the delay that was caused by this, this storm that they thought was nothing but a roadblock and a stumbling block, because of the delay that had occurred because of that, they, some new information occurred to them or came to them and, um, that they weren't aware of before. And it ended up leading them to something better. So in other words, what God was trying to teach them was, you got a choice. 
You can spend your life being frustrated when you encounter roadblocks and frustrations. And you can shake your fist at God all you want. Or, you can be broken. You can humble yourself before God and and you can believe the promises He made. And He makes all throughout the Bible things like, um, all things work together for the good of who are called according to His will. And you can choose to believe that all those things that you are experiencing as roadblocks in your life are roadblocks and you can get frustrated or you can choose to believe that all those things that, that um, you're experiencing are actually God's hand guiding and directing you where He wanted you to be in the first place. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't have gone down the road in the first place. It's just saying that if God opens a door or closes a door, it's because that's the way it's supposed to be. You get to choose. You see, what was happening here in in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29, was that God, through Moses, was teaching His people a lesson on prayer. And when I talk to people, I was talking about the Israelites, and I'm talking about the, the people of uh, the Brooklyn Tabernacle, and I'm talking about the people of Prairie Bible Church and anybody else that is willing to listen. He was teaching us a lesson in prayer. That if you truly hope to unlock the power, the potential power of prayer, you must be broken. You must be broken of all self-righteousness and self-centeredness and self-absorption and ultimately want what He wants. And when you do that and you offer all those broken pieces to Him, you can look with anticipation and excitement with, at what He's going to build with it. Because it'll be something beautiful. Because He's promised. Seek the Lord and He shall be found if you seek Him with all your heart and soul. I will never leave you and abandon you. I covenant that with you. All things work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. 